Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Schmo Zone, where the air is thin, the sports get heavy. With your hosts, the dynamic duo, Dave Schmolenson and Helen Yee. Welcome back to the Schmo Zone party people, where the air is thin, the sports get heavy. I'm Dave Schmolenson. And I'm Helen Yee Sports. And we're back to talk sports. We have an absolutely loaded show today. We're going to be talking some NBA basketball with the legend Spencer Haywood. We'll be talking some NFL, some Super Bowl, and we got the living legend Bruce Buffer at the end of the show to talk some UFC. I'm so excited because... We had such an incredible week. I mean, we stayed busy. So where should we even begin, Dave? Well, we started off by traveling to Arizona. You had a swim competition. And then we stopped by our pal Sugar Sean O'Malley, the UFC Bantamweight champion, uh, to do some interviews at his home. And then we also did a little schmo versus the pro with the number fourth ranked UFC middleweight, the killer gorilla, Jared Cannonier, where he whooped my butt and physical exercise. And for the listeners, yes, you heard that right. Dave, a.k.a. the Schmo, he does train with a lot of athletes, and it's not just UFC fighters. I know you've trained with NFL and NBA players in the past. As the Schmo, you showed me that video where you played horse, or I guess you called it Schmo, with Devin Booker. I'm hoping he won, though. Um And also, your phone's screensaver is actually, it's not of us, you know, it's not our (laughs) engagement photo. It's on a football field with you and a bunch of linebackers, including Monte Teo. Christian Kirksey when he was playing for the Cleveland Browns, and then the safety Micah Hyde. Uh, Just some fun stuff that I do as the schmo, right? A little bit different than just sticking a microphone in somebody's face and asking them some intriguing questions. It's the schmo versus the pro competition. Add some entertainment, some highlight, diverse things. Then that's just part of the journey to getting here at a table and speaking sports with my fiance Helen. And I think that's why a lot of them respect you for actually getting in there and kind of seeing what they're doing and doing it with them. Like with Jared Cannonier, because I saw he was doing some super heavy trap bar deadlifts and I don't. When was the last time you did a deadlift that was what three fifty? I only stopped at three fifty. Okay. I believe he went up to four sixty, but yeah, he's huge. He was he's a over two hundred pounds. Beast. Yeah, and he went from heavyweight down to middleweight, so that was a lot of fun to watch. Certainly, yeah. He started his career as an MMA fighter as a heavyweight and working his way down to a middleweight here at the UFC. That was entertaining. But what was the situation with you? On the blocks for your swim competition, they held you there for like 45 seconds. That was crazy. I can only imagine. You know, I've swam since I was six years young, and I've had like probably thousands of swim meets at this point. I've never in my life had a starter say, take your mark 
and then we're kind of bent over in a track start position getting ready to go all your adrenaline is like your body's just ready to dive in and he just paused didn't tell us what we were doing after about like 30 seconds I was just standing up usually they restart us or they'll take you off the blocks they'll be like ladies get off the blocks and then bring you back on so your body and mind can reset no I went I got tingly like my whole body was getting numb and yeah that was the weirdest experience of my life so I'm like hey maybe if I didn't do that well this past weekend I don't want to blame anything but that was the first time that I've ever had that type of situation happen and it was your first time ever doing a 50 no breath yeah, shout out to Katie Miller. She's been helping me with my breath work and it's been working. It actually works better than trying to do breath control in the pool. Like breath work outside the pool has been helping more in the pool, if that makes sense. It certainly does. Connecting your mind and body together, performing well. You think you do well, you will do well. So it all comes together. And hey, Next weekend's the Super Bowl, and I know you or the schmo, you were busy filming a Super Bowl commercial. That's right. Shout out to Ford Country here in Las Vegas with Univision. We're filming a Super Bowl commercial. I cannot wait for it to be released. It's really, really funny. Shout out to Zach Beyer, Beyer Films. I love working with him. We were putting some great stuff together. Shout out to Chris Coulter. And shout out to Leo Glam. They helped me on the editing side, the filming side, for the behind the scenes work. I can't wait for all that to come together. We'll share that across our socials. You can follow Helen at Helen U Sports. You can follow me at the Schmo 312. And then you can follow us together at the Schmo Zone. And I know Damon, our producer, is on the phone. Hopefully that means our first guest, NBA legend Spencer Haywood, is calling in. So we'll get to him momentarily. Yes, I like that. Everything you say, you incorporate the schmo. It's fun. It's fun. I mean, to do. it's close to your last name anyway. It, it certainly is. It's easier to say than Schmolensen. Schmo is, I would certainly say. So, does that mean after we get married, I call myself the schmo as well? You could. You go from ye to Schmolensen or ye to schmo. That's not bad at all. But without further ado, I want to introduce our first guest of the day. He's an NBA Hall of Famer, an Olympic gold medalist, four-time All-Star. He's an NBA champion, motivational speaker, and he's the first NBA player to sign with Nike. Ladies and gentlemen, Spencer Haywood. Hi, how you doing? Good, how are you? How was the golf tournament? The golf tournament, we are the having a golf tournament out here at uh, Southern Highlands, fabulous Southern Highlands golf course. Um, and it's the Las Vegas Host Committee Ambassador Golf Tournament. And uh, we have some other celebs out here. We got Jonathan Ogden out here from the Ravens. Too bad they're not in the Super Bowl. No, that's a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, they're, they're not there. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are, though. Yeah, the Chiefs are here, yeah. And, uh, you know, I went to the U.S. Supreme Court in 1971, uh, that paved the way for players to leave college early. And guess what? I started quarterback for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes. He's one of those Haywood guys. And so is uh, from players from, uh, from the 49ers as well. 
uh, Young, Chase Young, uh, not Chase Young, but whatever his young name is, the big lineman, and Bosa and other players. Uh, we have out here on the golf course, we have Derek England uh, with the Knights for years. And Jordan Farmer, we got just a number of uh, celebrities out here on the course. And what a great day. It's just great out here today. It's like 70 degrees, and uh, we're the first committee for the Super Bowl weekend. It's coming up in, uh, like, what, 13 days, 12 days? That's right. Counting down. Yeah. The perks. Counting down, yeah. The perks awesome. of Las awesome Vegas. for the city of Las Vegas. My gosh, for the city of Las Vegas, the state of Nevada, this is tremendous. It's beautiful. But I know you're an NBA champion and an Olympic gold medalist. Mm-hmm. But most importantly, though, how's your golf skills? My golf skills, uh, my drives are, are pretty decent. They, they are straight. But my better game is on the putting green, and uh, my chips are better. Well, let's bring up this Haywood rule that you talked about. Just for any listeners who aren't, you know, as primed and knowing the knowledge of NBA, but, you know, you challenged the Supreme Court about the eligibility rule, and it was ruled in your favor, violation of the antitrust laws restricting a player to earn his living. And because of you, the likes of a Kobe Bryant, the Tracy McGrady's, the Kevin Garnett's, LeBron James can forego college and enter the NBA draft. I mean, you set the trend and just brought up some football players, too. So you have a major, major part in NBA history and sports. Yeah, but see, the ruling was not just for the high schoolers as well. You have Michael Jordan, you have Magic Johnson, all of those players who left early from college. All of those are under my ruling. And this ruling has provided players with the revenue around $60 billion in salary for players from 1971 until 2024, just in basketball. And in football, we haven't did a number yet, but uh, it's going to come up sooner or later, yes. So impressive. And that ruling that ruling for your audience, it, it was before I came along in 1970 and 71, you had to wait four years after your high school class had graduated before you could enter into the NBA and I thought it was unfair. I had went to the Olympics, won a gold medal, set records in the Olympics as a 19-year-old. And then I came back, and I was a uh, college All-American. Myself, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Rick Mount, and Pistol Pete Maverick, and Calvin Murphy was the first team All-American. And then I went into the ABA, and we got an all-star game coming up in the ABA and the NBA All-Star Game in uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. And I was a 20-year-old that won the MVP in that All-Star Game and uh, just started the young guys coming into the league. Not only uh, Kobe and those guys, but uh, Luka, uh, Joker, Giannis, all of those players are coming in from Europe and from Africa and from Greece and so on. It just opened up everything. And we also... Well, only had uh, 14 teams when I won the case, and now we're at 30. And I can't announce it, but I'm going to announce announce it. (laughs) We're going to have an NBA team here in Las Vegas within the two-year span, and we're going to bring back the Seattle Supersonics where my jersey is hanging in the ceiling with no team. Oh, my gosh. It's like you're reading our notes. Your number 24 jersey retired by the Seattle Supersonics. I was going to bring up a a list of my questions, literally. 
Are we ready for expansion? You just said it. I was going to suggest the two oh, cities being here in Vegas, you know, here in this Seattle. Is the fourth capital of the world, right oh, here in Las gosh. Vegas. You know? you know, it's crazy because look, you know, I was just looking. October 2023, the NBA announced that a record 125 international players from 40 countries and territories were on opening night rosters. I mean, Record shattering. 26 from Canada, 14 from France, the most ever. And all 30 NBA teams feature at least one international player. And then you have great NBA talented players now playing overseas, like the likes of the Willie Cauley Stein, the Kemba Walkers, the Kendrick Nunns, the Dwight Howards, Jabari Barkers, the Ben Mathers. I could keep going on, but there's so much talent that we and could expand. And Cousins, here. who live here as well, he lives, yeah. uh, he's overseas as well. I think those last two you mentioned, uh, I don't understand why Dwight Howard, uh, Willie Cauley-Stein, some of those big guys are not in the league. I just don't understand what, what, you know, what it, what it will it take for uh, teams to look back and say, let's bring these guys back because they need to play big ball again and not just sit out there shooting threes all the time because it's no fun. But then again, you look at guys who was it? Luca had eighty three. Uh, somebody, Joel Embiid. These are all foreign players. Crazy. He had seventy, and somebody else had sixty. Well, he's an American, but it's yeah. crazy. Seventy-three points for Luca, and Embiid had seventy, all within a week's time. What do you make of those crazy scoring performances lately? Well, yeah, because like a defense. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's it's wonderful basketball. I like what they're doing, uh, the young players. I would like to encourage our young players who are coming up uh, in our area in the sound of your voice. Now, I, I think they should work on the skills like the like the European players and the African players are working on their skills for four days a week or five days a week and play on the weekend, one or two games. It's the opposite in America. We play uh six games on the weekend and have one practice. So the skill set is lacking. So I would love to see that change a little bit. But in your opinion, is there a particular NBA star you can see breaking Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point record? Oh, my gosh. I, I would think Luca would be that guy uh, because, you know, he, he just got a total game and he, he plays so beautiful. So... I would think that he would be the one, but then again, you know, you never know because, you know, you got Damon Lillard who got maybe 70, I think, before. You have uh, Mitchell from Cleveland. I think he have, he's gotten, uh, what, 65. So I don't think they're going to break that record. I don't think so. I would foul out before I let somebody <laughs> I'd break the arm. <laughs> well, uh, I think you brought it up earlier. The NBA trade, trade deadline is approaching here, February 8th, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Which contender needs to make a move? Lakers. Your My team. old team needs to make some kind of move. Uh, I, I think we need a little bit more offense, uh, so they need to go out and get somebody that can really score uh, uh, I don't know who that player is because I, I, I thought they were going to make a trade uh, for DeRozan or someone from the Chicago team, but uh, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, God, it's like my Nike deal. <laughs> Should we tell them about that Nike deal? <laughs> Nike deal? 
Well, yeah, I was the first Nike player to sign an agreement with Nike, but we didn't have our, our corporation set up uh, with Nike yet. Nike didn't have uh, the big giant corporation they have up in Beaverton, Oregon at the time. And this was in 1973. I signed this contract with them, and they said, oh, no, Spence, we don't have enough money to pay you right now. We'll give you stock in the company. I was like, great. I'll ride with you. My my young agent, he couldn't pay his rent, <laughs> so he sold my stock. So I'm like $2.1 million short. Oh, my today. gosh. Well, <laughs> we are speaking with NBA legend, Hall of Famer Spencer Haywood. We have time for one more question. Let me ask you this. What are your thoughts on this midseason coaching change with the second in the Eastern Conference team, Milwaukee Bucks, moving on from Adrian Griffin and hiring Doc Rivers. I like Doc, but I, I thought Adrian got a raw deal. That's just my opinion. Uh, but, you know, I don't know the locker room. I don't know what players, if they didn't get along with him or that they didn't respect him or whatever. And I don't know what the front office was like. But I, I think it was, it's a pretty raw example of what you should do with the coach. I, I think, it, you know. I think it's wrong, but I'm not in the business. I'm just a golfer. <laughs> just a golfer now, and you were a very, very, very great basketball player in your heyday. Spencer Haywood, we truly appreciate your time stopping in the Schmo Zone. We'll have to do it again, and we'll have to get together here in Las Vegas. And maybe yeah, I'm here. I live here, so yeah, sure. We'll make it happen, and maybe next time we'll do it in studio. Uh, come to the studio and do it right in front of you. Awesome. We appreciate you Thank very you. much, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Now, bye. Thank you. That is Spencer Haywood. Wow. Breaking the news here. I was going to ask him. NBA team coming to Las Vegas. Within two years? Within two years. Move the NBA from 30 teams to 32 teams. Wow. Seattle, always a great market. Obviously, Las Vegas. This is the sports capital of the oh world. Oh, my gosh. This is I, the new I'm Mecca. I'm getting the chills. Like, getting the chills. LeBron says he wants to own a team in Vegas. Wow. And, look, he's at the twilight years of his career. I mean, he could be owning or part owner of a team. That is phenomenal. So many amazing things are happening to the city, and I, I just can't believe I'm born and raised here. This is awesome. This is a great time to be here in Las Vegas. And coming up, speaking of Las Vegas and great things going on, we're going to talk some Super Bowl and recap the NFL playoffs and piggyback off of the point I made regarding the GOAT and the yes. NFL. Stay tuned. Strap your seatbelts, folks. The Schmozone is back on ESPN Las Vegas. Welcome back to the Schmozone. I'm Helen Yee, being joined by Dave Schmolenson, a.k.a. the Schmo. And we just had NBA legend Spencer Haywood on right before the break, and he dropped some bombshells on the golf course. <laughs> I guess he was on the golf course. He was saying we will have an NBA team here in Las Vegas. Within two years. Within two years. And the Seattle Supersonics will be back. I mean, we were just chatting over break with our producer, DeMond. DeMond, when was the last time the NBA had an expansion team? Uh, that would be 04 with the Charlotte Bobcats. That got the league to 30, and that put the New Orleans, now Pelicans, in the Western Conference, and now Charlotte. is They got their name back. Now they're the Hornets instead of the Bobcats, as they always should have been. 
Yeah. So then wow. we're at 30 teams right now, and then we could be at 32 teams within a couple of years. That's so incredible. I know. I'm so excited because there's always so much going down, especially here in Las Vegas. I mean, this is quickly becoming the sports and obviously entertainment capital of the world and the fight capital, of course. But next weekend, the Super Bowl is coming here. And Dave, like I mentioned last week, I mean, you love football. You made some bold predictions in the beginning of the season. You're on that fantasy football league with your friends from college. So what did you think of the games this weekend and your GOAT? Yeah. Well, before I get there, I just want to say this because we're here in Las Vegas and the Raiders, they're going to have to be sharing their practice facility, their headquarters, because the rival Chiefs, they're going to be practicing here all week long because the Super Bowl being hosted in an AFC city, the AFC team uses the home facilities, whereas the 49ers, the former Bay Area rivals, are practicing at the UNLV facilities. Both teams staying at Lake Las Vegas, some 18 miles away from the Strip to get away from the distractions, which is obviously the right call. But if I'm the Raiders, if I'm not motivated by seeing the 49ers right there at UNLV, and I'm seeing your Chiefs, your your division rivals using your headquarters all week, if that doesn't give you an extra chip on your shoulder for next season, I don't know what does. So to your point, wow. So Lamar Jackson, he has home field advantage, and he loses. Two, who I said last week, the GOAT, Patrick Mahomes, the first quarterback in NFL history to start four Super Bowls before the age of 30. AFC champs the fourth time in the last five seasons, the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you just need one play, and I'm just even going back to not even that amazing way he kept his balance, contorting his body and moving around, evading his sack and keeping the chains going, Patrick Mahomes, but third and nine, Fourth quarter, you need one play. You get the ball downfield to Marquez Valdez-Scanling to ice the game in the fourth. I mean, look, Patrick Mahomes is the guy. He's so, so impressive. And if you just need one play, he's always going to be the guy to get things done. And he's the GOAT. He truly is. So, Dave, last week, like you just mentioned, I mean, you made that bold statement that he's the GOAT. And obviously, this past weekend, he proved you right. But you're telling me, with the game on the line, that you would choose Mahomes over even a Tom Brady to have the ball? That's right. And I see all the sports pundits. I see Stephen A. Smith talking about like how Patrick Mahomes, he's the athlete. You got one play. I want him. Let me just read off some statistics for you. First six seasons starting comparing Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Regular season record, 72-22 and 22 for Mahomes, 70-24 and 24 for Brady, edge goes to Mahomes. Playoff record, 14-3 Mahomes, 12-2 Brady. Edge goes to Mahomes. AFC titles, 4 to Mahomes, 3 to Brady. Edge goes to Mahomes. Super Bowl rings, 2 to Mahomes, 3 to Brady. Edge goes to Brady. Touchdowns to interception ratio, 258-69 and 69 for Mahomes, 167-87 to 87 for Brady. Edge goes to Mahomes. QB rating, 103.7 for Mahomes, 88.4 for Brady. Edge goes to Mahomes. So I just listed some major statistics. Mahomes had all of them, with the exception of the rings to Tom Brady. And let's just say this. How dominant were those Patriots' defense? They dominated all facets of the game. Special teams, defense, offense, and whatnot. Tom Brady in those initial Super Bowls, they didn't have to rely on him as much as they had to at the later end of the Super Bowls. 
if there's one guy I want with the game on the line, I will say it just because he's the athlete. He can win in all ways with his legs, with his arm, with his mind. He can do it all. It's Patrick Mahomes. Well, here's another stat for you on that as well, that Patrick Mahomes is the first quarterback in NFL history to start in four Super Bowls before the age of 30. Man, that makes me feel a little old and a little unaccomplished. And to think my Chicago Bears, my original team. So my NFC team's going to be the Bears. My AFC team's going to be the Raiders. We live in Las Vegas. I'm, I'm a Raiders fan. Big fan of Max Crosby. Big fan of Coach Antonio Pierce. Glad that they kept him. So we will talk highly of our Raiders, but I'm also going to talk highly of my Bears. But in 2017, to think the Bears traded up from pick three to pick two with the Niners to draft Mitch the Biscuit Trubisky, who I have a lot You've of respect for. met him before, too. Great conversation. Yeah. Met him in his home, uh, workout facility in Southern Florida. He's a great dude. But when you traded up to draft him and then Mahomes was drafted number 10, and I believe Deshaun Watson was number 12 overall, I mean, oh, I'm just kicked kicking myself over and over again as Bears fans when you had an opportunity at Mahomes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. But on the flip side, I know you were glued to your phone and the TV and the couch, and especially when I was driving back from Arizona this weekend, you're trying to watch the game. The Lions, I mean, ni Niners versus Lions. Do you agree with Dan Campbell, you know, gambling that much? 100%. And this is what I'll say. Dan Campbell, he's getting a lot of heat, but the Lions were 53% successful on fourth down this season, 12th most successful team in the league in 2023, while attempting the second most in the league for fourth down conversions behind the Panthers. The Lions had won, had not won, a divisional playoff game since 1991 until this season. Let me repeat that. The Lions had not won a divisional playoff game since 1991 until this season. And their last championship was 1957. You live and die by the sword. What brought the Lions to this point? It was the risk-taking. It was the aggressive nature of Dan Campbell having the back of his guys. Everyone in that locker room will do anything. They'll give an arm and a leg. Heck, you even see it in their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson. He's staying, by the way. He's not taking a head coaching job where there is definitive interest from the Seattle Seahawks and the Washington Commanders. He's staying. Same monetary value and everything, I believe, to be the offensive coordinator for the Lions. What does that tell you about his belief and his leader in Dan Campbell? All you need to know. I, 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 I just can't fathom why Dan Campbell's getting the heat yeah. when this Lions team just outperformed any expectation. And he's, but he's done nothing but great things for the city of Detroit. That's the end of my rant there. Good rant. But speaking of what we mentioned before about beginning of the season, you made that Super Bowl prediction. You thought the Niners, they're going to win it all. My first question for you, Dave, is what's your thoughts, though, on Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy's career so far? Well, just 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 to say, I didn't officially make a Super Bowl prediction, but I predicted it would be the Ravens and it would be the 49ers. So one of the two teams are there. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I got to so go with the Niners. Half, even though, right? So even you, though, you think Niners over Chiefs? I, I haven't made the prediction yet. We'll okay, talk next we'll, week. We'll do it yeah. on the show next week. I haven't made it. And I still believe Patrick Mahomes is the GOAT. Win or lose. I will say that. Um, live and die by the sword like I always do. But, I mean, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. To, everyone He's says, relevant now. Game changer, game manager. That's been the debate. For weeks now about 
Brock Purdy. He got the job done. There's an asterisk to last season in Philadelphia because he got injured in Philly in that playoff game, so you couldn't really see it. He comes back, all the expectations with that team, all that weapons, he just makes plays. He gets the job done. Like, you need him to make a play, he gets it done. And with that said, I want to say my Jimmy of the week, though, and let me say what Jimmy of the week yeah, is. What, what's a what Jimmy? is a Jimmy? The Jimmy of the week goes to, uh, because of one of my favorite protein bars, the Jimmy Bar. It's action-packed. MMA fighters and athletes eat it for optimal performance. They taste great, too. You can find them nationally at Walmart and Amazon. So we're going to do a Jimmy of the Week segment. The Jimmy of the Week is actually going to go to Christian McCaffrey. CMC, 20 carries, 90 rushing yards. I believe that's 4.5 yards per attempt. Two touchdowns. And then he had four receptions for 42 yards. And the 49ers victory over the Lions. He's my Jimmy of the Week. And Jimmy's are really good. Jimmy's I, are really I tried good. them a lot of different flavors, too. Orange citrus, that one's great. Cookies and cream. Cookies and cream. When we come back from commercial break, we'll be having the living legend, the voice of the octagon, Bruce Buffer, joining us. The one and only, so stay tuned. Now we are moments away from hearing from your hosts, Dave and Helen, on ESPN Las Vegas. Welcome back to the Schmo Zone. I'm Helen Yee. And I'm Dave Schmolenson. And I'm super excited to welcome the veteran voice of the octagon, the owner of the catchphrase, it's time. There's only one, the one and only, Bruce Buffer. Always great to chat with you. Hi. How are you? First off, do you have any plans to be at the Super Bowl? Um, you know, Helen, I'm I'm uh, not going to be at the Super Bowl, the game itself. Uh, the NFL was talking to me about it, but there's a lot going on there, so that'll be at a future date. But I am doing something very special for the Super Bowl in Vegas on Monday, uh, February um, 5th. Um, it's opening night at Allegiant Stadium, and I think I have a surprise for everybody while that happens. Wow. I'm so excited to hear about that because – Speaking of Allegiant Stadium, I know that you've definitely roared in front of those 60,000-plus fans before. Yes, absolutely. You know, my guy for the Raiders out there like crazy and, um, you know, always enjoyed it coming out in front of 70-plus thousand fans and getting them all excited and standing on their feet and being on the videotrons all around the arena, uh, the stadium, rather. It's an ama- amazing feeling. It's an amazing feeling. I mean, 20,000 people in a UFC stadium is an amazing feeling. This just takes it even to another level. Yeah, for some people tuning in for the first time, Bruce, it's great to hear your voice. How do you describe what those moments are like? I mean, there are so many passionate fans. We're in the fastest-growing sports city in the world. You're the voice of the octagon with the UFC. I've seen you do this at basketball games, too. You do this at football games. I mean... Anytime there's a big event, you call Bruce Buffer. Thanks, I appreciate it. Um, and, you know, it's a, great, it's a great position to be in, of course, and it's an honor whenever I get that call for whatever I'm, sport I'm doing or entertainment event. Uh, you know, it's, just, it's just amazing. I mean, the feeling is there's really no way to explain it, and there's no way for you to even possibly feel it unless you're either standing beside me or um, have a mic in your hand doing it yourself. But you have so much energy coming out of you from every different direction from all these excited people. And, 
you know, it's, it's basically the moment. And the moment's not about me. It's about whatever I'm introducing, the team, the players, the fighters. And it's to take them to the next level, to get them hyped up to perform and put their, be at their best, uh, like right before they put their blood, sweat, and tears on the line down on the octagon floor or on the football gridiron, you know. Well, let's transition to talking about the octagon because in April we have UFC 300 coming up right here in Las Vegas. It's a big-time event. You're involved with every big-time event. What do you think is going on with the main event, though? Because the card is stacked. There's a lot of great fights, but we just don't have a main event. Is there someone in particular that you want to see inside the octagon as the main event? Well, I mean, we'd all love to see Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler go at it, but that's not going to happen. Uh, we'd all love to see John Jones go at it, but that's not going to happen. Um, you know, i got to leave it up to the hands of the powers that be, Dana White and uh, Mick and Sean, the matchmakers. They, they will pull a rabbit out of their hat, and they'll top off that show with something amazing, I'm sure. What do you think is going on with the Conor McGregor-Michael Chandler situation? You, everyone's seen the video New Year's Eve of Conor McGregor you know, swirling the wine and saying Michael Chandler, 185 pounds, saying June, so everybody assumes it's International Fight Week. But then uh, Dana White recently said at a press conference that that's not going to happen, but we still have no announcement. What do you think's taking so long to announce a Conor McGregor fight? Well, I'm not in on those decisions, um, but I know that Michael Chandler's willing to go. And uh, I, think it's, I think it's really probably Connor. you know? It's, it's, Dana, I'm sure, wants to get Connor in the octagon. Uh, whether it's a contract negotiation or not, I'm, I'm not aware of, so I do not know. I mean, with, when it comes to Connor, uh, everybody wants to see him fight, win or lose, whatever their opinion is. But you just never know. It's, it's almost like it's, at times of decisions, it's Connor's world and we live in it. But Dana White is the one that is actually the decision maker. So I just got to follow the chief, see what he does. Certainly the case. But someone who will be on UFC 300, who was also on UFC 100 and 200, he's been there for it all. He just recently fought. It's Jim Miller. He has a request for you. I can't say the F word over the airways, so we'll just to avoid it. But he wants you to introduce him in a very specific way as Jim F.N. Miller. Will you oblige? Will you introduce him as Jim Effin Miller at USC 300? I don't like cursing in my job. As a matter of fact, I have issues with it when people go off too much, you know, in their interviews. If you notice in the NBA, in the NFL, whatever, I mean, people get fined, as you know, Dave, right? Mm -hmm. And that's a different theory of thought versus how Dana cares to run the octagon. Um, Unless I'm completely ordered to do it, it's not my choice to do it. I respect Jim's wishes. I really do. But, you know, I always say be a role model to your sphere of influence. Not that he is not. I think he's a great role model. Um, but, you know, for me to go down and just suddenly bring that word out, I've probably said it like nine times on my podcast in, in 17 years. Mm. You know, I'm very particular about what I say. So at this point, the answer is no, I'm not going to say it. I appreciate all the fans pushing me forward and everything else. I'd go Jim Friggin Miller, maybe I don't know, but I think that would be the other out of the uh, out of the uh, octagon. That's safe. Yeah, but Bruce, you always do such a perfect job with so much energy. Do you have any particular rituals for prepping for fight day? You know, I get up in the morning. I need a power breakfast, uh, stretching, meditation, yoga, little workout. Uh, I don't rehearse. I don't stand in the shower and, you know, yell, George St. Pierre, you know, I'm getting ready for the show. I basically just want to make sure phonetically I have all the names down. 
And I get out there. I'm, when I'm preparing the cars, which is a two- to four-hour process, I'm pretty much memorizing everything there. You see me rarely look at the cards. But I just feed up the energy in the crowd. There's the rehearsal voice and there's the actual organic voice when you're out there doing it. And that's the way, I, that's the way I've done it. It'll be 28 years next year, next month, wow, uh, that I've been in the octagon. So that's the way I've always done it. The beat goes on. How was it at Toronto? It was the first time back at UFC 297 for the UFC in Toronto in many years uh, post-COVID. What was that audience like? Amazing. Canadians are fantastic. You know, hundred thousand. Excuse me, ten thousand sound like fifty. Twenty thousand sound like a hundred. It's similar to being in Ireland or the UK. And you know, every city has their own flavor. And all UFC fans go crazy no matter where we go. But uh, Canadian fans are. And with all respect to everybody else in, around the world, but they're the most courteous, uh, huge fan base, rabid UFC fans that you'll ever meet. I always like to say I've never met a rude Canadian. I've met a lot of inebriated ones, but not rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to have a huge new venue opening up here for UFC fights later on this year, and that's the Sphere. Can you imagine what it's going to be like roaring from the octagon from the Sphere and what that's going to feel and look like? Well, considering they're going to do it on Mexican Independence Day, I think it's going to be great. The energy, you know, that was one of the most highly watched fight night shows ever the last time we did it. Dana White pulling a brilliant move, as he always does, having us at the sphere. Uh, it's going to be a record-breaking, uh, incredible moment, for sure. And you've traveled the world doing what you do. Is there a particular place you haven't been to yet that you would love to roar from? I said it recently with an interview on BJ Penn, um, Italy. You know, I'd love to go to Italy, whether it's in the Coliseum or not, which would be an incredible experience. I uh, would just love to go to Italy and experience the, uh, the flavor and, and uh, everything going on in that country. You know, I'm obviously being an American Italian, it would be great to go. Um, but I can't wait for that. That would be awesome. Well, speaking of podcasts, last week I was on Tim Welsh's podcast, and he, that's the head coach for anyone who's not familiar listening of UFC Bantamweight champion Sugar Sean O'Malley, and he brought up the topic of expanding weight divisions in the UFC, eliminating the current welterweight division 170 and creating a 165-pound weight division, moving welterweight to 175, and then, heck, I even threw in, if you're going to do that and have that discussion, we have such a gap between 85 and 205, let's get a cruiserweight division at 195, have increments of 10. How do you feel about the expansion of weight divisions in the UFC? Is that something you would be in favor for, or you like things the way they are? I like things the way they are. I don't see, them below, I don't see any problem lowering the welterweight um, division five pounds, uh, considering you know, the break, but I, 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 I like it the way it is. You know, and, but again, you know, I'm a soldier. They point, I shoot. So whatever they want, it's fine with me. They'll have a madness behind their reasoning or reasoning behind their madness. And, um, you know, boxing used to be nine, nine divisions, right? Mm -hmm. And, or nine belts. And now it's like an overflow of, uh, I don't know, 50 plus championship belts. It's not going to happen in the UFC, but here's the thing. If it gives the fighters more avenues to fight, it gives them more chances to fight and more fighters, you know, a reason to fight and with fans, more fights to watch, then I'm all for it. What about belts like we have the BMF belt? That's going to be on the line at UFC 300. Can you foresee them creating other specific belts uh, for legendary fights, legendary fighters? Is that something you're in favor for? Do you see them doing that more in the future? I see the possibility of anything. If it makes sense, then go ahead and do it. But I can't, uh, I can't you know, guesstimate or predict what they're going to do. I'm totally happy the way everything is. So 
we'll see what happens. And listen, you have to be adjust, willing to adjust and, and change in life. And if that comes up and we have to adjust and change and accept, then so be it. Well, you're an irreplaceable member of the UFC. How long do you think you're going to continue going for? And I know I've asked you this in the past, and I know you get probably asked this all the time, but you don't seem to be slowing down whatsoever at all. In fact, you seem to get more energetic as time progresses. You're like wine, uh, a fine wine that you're getting better with age. How long are you going to continue, Bruce? Thanks. I appreciate that, Dave. I really do. Uh, your support is always appreciated. Um, as yours is too, Helen. Thank you. You know, I'm 66 now. My brother's 79. He's still announcing. Obviously, I have a different way of announcing. I'm very physical, very passionate. Not that he's not passionate about what he does. I didn't mean that. But I'm very physical. So as long as I can do it the way I want to do it, right, and not, I'll never phone it in, I'm going to put everything I have in that octagon floor for these great warriors, whatever I do it, I would like to do another 10 years. And speaking of being physical, though, I've seen you post some of your workouts. And, man, I mean, they look intense. They have their moments, I'll say that. <laughs> and I know you're also an entrepreneur. You have your It's Time fragrance that smells amazing, by the way, and your Puncher's Chance bourbon. Yeah, a Puncher's Chance is now considered the top five best-sipping bourbon in America at its price range. And I came out with a 12-year or 14-year reserve. Um, the original bottle is $30. They go for 120 to $160. Just came out with a mixture of Irish whiskey and bourbon called the Unified Belt. And we've won about 20 platinum and gold awards, um, growing very steadily, very strong all across the country and going into the U.K. and Canada. So very proud of that, um, building it up. I always kid that I'm going to show Connor how to do it the proper way. I'm just joking <laughs> when I say that. You know, he's, he's got his grand success with Proper 12, all, all the power to him. Um, but it's, it's a great business to be in. But also, too, my cologne is the top seller on Amazon, has been for months. It's going in all the stores around the country here. Over the next six months, you'll see it everywhere in the department stores, followed by a line of uh, you know body wash and facial wash and all these uh, great personal hygiene products. But the big one's coming out is my energy drink, which will be released in March, the It's Time Energy Drink. It's going to be one of the healthiest and best energy drinks on the market. I'm very proud about that one. And uh, the other thing that I love to do, I mean, I do, I'm, I'm involved in a lot of things, as you know, Helen. Yes. But as far as the UFC fans out there, I love to get back to them by doing the championship videos, birthdays, weddings, you know, business videos, everything that I do. I'm, I'm in the top ten people on Cameo. Uh, and they're, or they can just phone in their, write in their orders to BruceBuffer.com, and I'll introduce them like a champion in the octagon. That That has really grown into a very big business, uh, which partial proceeds go to charities, and I'm very proud of that. The thank you notes that my partner Chris and I get alone are just phenomenal. It brings tears in my eyes sometimes how happy people are with their video because they're like a keepsake. I want to make people feel like a champion and feel like they can just knock down the doors and do everything they want to do. He's a legend of the fighters, and he's a legend of the people. He's Bruce Buffer. Bruce, we truly appreciate your time here on the Schmozone today. And by the way, I still have my autographed, signed, obviously, John Hancock, your John Hancock, bottle of puncher's chance and it's right there in our kitchen and i look at it every morning yes. when i sip on my coffee it makes us happy that's oh thank you i appreciate that little little look at it in the morning and maybe a sip at night enjoy it <laughs> absolutely bruce we appreciate your time and we'll see you soon all right thanks so much Helen. thank you thanks so much dave schmo schmo dave <laughs> you are the man either man one character in yourself thank you so much you're the man bruce appreciate you all right thank you take care now thank you it's always great catching up by 
with the one and only Bruce Buffer. He's so kind. I mean, I we've know. had such great conversations with him on and off camera throughout exactly. the years. And I just knew uh, when we were starting this, our podcast, which is now a radio show back up right yeah. here, we'd have to have him on one of the early episodes. I know. We've had so many great times with him and especially even... How many times were we on Fight Island in 2020? And it was so nice to spend like some quality time with Bruce Buffer. That's right. And and look, he takes his exercise seriously. I know he gets his runs in with John Anik. They run in the mornings, like morning of a pay-per-view, morning of a weigh-in. I see them working out. He takes nobody takes their craft more seriously than Bruce Buffer. Not that anyone doesn't take their craft seriously, but I mean Bruce is a pro's pro and just yes. it's always great catching up with him. Yes. It's 100%. so good. Well, this is just, you know, I'm super, super excited. It's crazy. We do this once a week, but I'm just already even excited for next week. And we got the Super Bowl here. We're going to be at Radio Row. Yeah. I'm so pumped for all the action here in Las Vegas. I mean, we heard some awesome content today. I mean, we had some news being broken, like like I said earlier today, by Spencer Haywood, that Vegas, within two years, is having an NBA team. I know. Hey, we may need to follow up with him and find him on the golf course, maybe the putting green this week to ask him some follow-up questions. What do you think, Schmo? That's that's not a bad idea, and you keep bringing up the putting greens because uh, you and I are very competitive oh, you, on the golf course. Congratulations, Dave. You just broke our house putting greens course record. That's right. So he's the new owner of the course record. But fun fact, when we got engaged, it was on – a mini golf course. Kiss, shout out to Kiss Mini Golf. We might as well do it on the temple. <laughs> That's where I proposed to you, Helen, for yeah. everyone listening. And that was the only time we ever tied playing mini golf 50 50. We, we both scored 50 50. It was a bad score for me, a good score for you, but a great score for both of us because it's 50 50. Yes. <laughs> but like you just mentioned, I mean, exciting week ahead. You can check out our work. I know your interviews with Sugar Sean O'Malley and Jared Cannonier are up on your YouTube channel at the Schmo 312. I actually have to go edit those and get those posted today on mine at Helen E Sports. Follow along with our journey. We're here every single Tuesday. This is the Schmo Zone at the Schmo Zone. She's at Helen E Sports. I'm at the Schmo 312. We will see you next Tuesday. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to 1 gigabit per second. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.